0: Here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Welcome, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Post. Hey, Michelle.
1: Hi, Scott. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and joining us live.
0: Yeah, we got a fun show today. Stuff that actually you and I, I, I think everybody will discover this. Today's topic is very dear, dear to all of our to, to you and me to our hearts. Mm-hmm. So it'll mm-hmm. be a fun one. Um, anything going on that we need to chat about our themes well, that you've been noticing?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think it's goes without saying the amount of stress going up between yeah. uh, the stock market crashing and Ukraine and Russia and PTSD getting reinitiated from those who have had previous war exposure. And <laughs> so I'm definitely seeing an increase in stress. And with that in mind, One of the things that sometimes falls apart, this is my tip for the the week. One of the things that tends to fall apart when you're under stress is your ability to communicate clearly and non-defensively. And so if you find yourself trying to work through a problem, particularly through text messaging with somebody you care about or somebody you work with or whatever, stop text messaging and pick up the phone and or video chat because You cannot interpret through email or the written word, especially a short text. You can't interpret sarcasm, jokes, a sense of humor, and you can so easily escalate a problem because you're not hearing the way something is being said. You know, like we can say the same thing multiple ways. And it can get totally misinterpreted.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna, you know, what a great thing that you brought up because I'm gonna underscore this, particularly in my role as a mediator, uh, and then as a boss, I have never spent so much time as I have in helping people interpret mis misread text messages, or emails. And right. I'm gonna, and, I, and I'm gonna be even more blunt than that. Okay. Jokes do not translate. No through Twitter and text messages and email. You're not funny. No. You're not you're just not funny. And Wait. that's why video and, and the ability to hear the intonation or watch the body language is so important. Yeah. Uh, and I still, and I don't remember all the details, but I'll go way back to, uh, we saw a text message that we really took offense about for our oh. kids. Okay. And it was like, how dare this other kid say this and how dare this other person do that and blah, blah. Uh And our, and our daughter had not said anything,
1: Uh
0: but we saw it because standard rule in the house was until you reach 18, we get to read everything. You Uh have no privacy, right? Oh, okay. And um, I mean, within reason, but not when it comes to social media, just given everything that's going on, you have no privacy. And so we read this thing and got all up in arms about it. And then the the daughter that was involved, she said, what's wrong? Well, they did this and they wrote that. And she said, let me read it back to you the way it was meant. And Uh when she read it back, it was like, oh, now I feel really stupid. Right. Because it wasn't an insult. It wasn't an attack. It was the the banter. And so what's interesting, and this is one of the first places I learned this, Mm -hmm. there's the voice that you use. Yes. But there's the voice I'm using
1: that, in my head I to I read hear, it. Yeah, like, like, how are you? How are you? You know, like, those are the exact same words, but you can, you can hear it in your head. Well, how are you? You know, when it's really meant like, how are you?
0: All, all anybody has to do is go back and look at some of the great George Carlin routines okay. where, where, you know, he basically goes through and uses the F-bomb in all these different
1: Capacity. ways. And oh, it's, hali- it,
0: it's hilarious. You
1: he also, got thrown off
0: the air for it, by the way.
1: You also told me about a comedian that I looked up and I really loved it. It was it Peter K who does the misinterpretation of music lyrics. Yeah. Is that who that is? So if, if you guys need a little boost of humor in your day, there's my next tip for you is go look up Peter K on YouTube, Peter K and music lyrics. and. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and, and the, the guy really, the guy really is hilarious. Um, there is. are a bunch of things on there, mm-hmm. uh, but it's K- Peter and Kay. is K-A-Y. His K-A-Y. Name. There, yeah. there are some, and I don't really like stand up comedians too much. Okay.
1: Okay. Um,
0: but there are a few uh-huh. that just, that, they just rock my world. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's one of them because I have, I, I have misinterpreted lyrics so badly at times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, wait, okay. Kathleen and Madigan. Wait, wait. Oh.
0: And it's usually my 16 year old self that's misinterpreting. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. And Kathleen Madigan, for any of you that are recovering Catholics or just enjoy what happens to people as they grow up with a lawyer, Scott, because her dad was a lawyer. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you look up Kathleen Madigan's, um, even on Spotify, I think it's called. Um, Uh, bothering Jesus. (laughs) um, (laughs) That's
0: actually funny.
1: Yeah, it will, it will give you a kick. It is, it is um, middle-aged humor. So for those of you that are, are, um, are Gen Zs, you may not enjoy it as much unless you're a recovering Catholic, but for those of you that are Maybe millennials and older, you, you might really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, that, since we're going to talk about that, then I will uh, pass on for those of you who are recovering hypnosis, hip, hypnotists. Okay. Hypnotists, uh, I I, uh, I invite you to go look up uh, Nina N I N A Conti C O N T I. This woman rocks my world, and hey, she ha- way? she has a, a ventriloquist monkey. And one of the routines that she does is the monkey hypnotizes her. Now, I want you to imagine the monkey's, she's got her hand up inside the monkey. Yes. And the monkey has now hypnotized her. She's now passed out and the monkey can't talk. <laughs> it's, she really is. And, and she, I love it. and then you'll appreciate this, Michelle, she goes to therapy because oh, yes. she because she can't lose the monkey and so and so it's it's almost like this come follow me day uh-huh. in the life thing uh-huh. uh, the, hypnot- or the hypnotist the hypnotist uh, the therapist is attempting to do his thing and i'm sure it's scripted but it is done so well because oh. the monkey keeps freaking talking and interrupting <gasps> him, and she can't put the monkey down the monkey goes everywhere with her the monkey is another part of her psyche oh. and it is just Downright hilarious.
1: It sounds brilliant. I am looking that up. I'm marking my calendar right now to look that up.
0: Now, though, though <laughs> I I originally uh, found her not because of monkey, which is what <laughs> she calls it. She calls it monkey, um, but because she would get people on stage and she would put these sh- masks on them. Yeah. And there's a little lever on it, and she could make the people talk with this face mask on. So. The, the live audience became her ventriloquist puppet and it was oh. brilliant. And then I discovered monkey.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm going deep diving for miss Nina Conti. Here I come. <laughs> because in a world that is stressed out, we like laughter is the best medicine. We did yeah. an episode on laughter being the best medicine and today how to be happy for others. I think having a good sense of humor adds to that.
0: Yeah, it, you know, it, I guess we can segue straight into this. One of the biggest things that I encounter with other people is this concept, because of the entertainment industry, let's just get real, one of the most backstabbing, shallow, scared. I mean, I, I when I first got involved in entertainment training, uh, in okay. the inter, you know, writing, producing, directing, first thing we were all told that Hollywood is built around Fear, and uh-huh. it's the fear of it's not a, it's not the normal fear of missing out. This is the fear of of passing on the next big thing. You have uh-huh. said no to J.K. Rowling on uh-huh. Harry Potter uh-huh. kind of thing. Uh, do you want to uh-huh. be? Do you want to be that person?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and so when you start thinking about Hollywood being fear-based uh, and then you've obviously got the actors and wow. the actresses who are, 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 you know, they live in fear, frankly, right? I'm too old. I'm not going to get the part.
1: I'm not, thin I'm enough. I'm not muscly you, enough. Yeah. You, not you pick young it. Enough. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: because of that, it has been very challenging for me, particularly, and I'll just use the magic field. Uh, one of the things that I've always dreamed about is putting together a network of magicians who help each other, a collective who get each other gigs. I have thought about that for people in the intuitive mystery arts thing, you know, people who do readings, let's just, you know, here's the gig board. Um, And it has failed miserably uh, in my attempts because of the people who have either naysayed it at the beginning, why the hell would I want to do that? Uh, Or the ones who want to take advantage of it. And they want everything, oh, and so uh, that's you bad. know I'm, I'm not going to claim I'm altruistic, but the at least altruistic attempt at saying, <laughs> you know, Michelle, I'm not in competition with you. We have some, some. Right. We have some listeners who join us. Uh, a lot of the time, and we're in the same business, essentially, I'm not, I'm not in competition with you. If someone can help you, I'm happy to help them help you. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a different place to be in. And by the end of the show today, I'm going to give you guys, at least a technique that I use. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay, uh, good. That may be a little different. Um, Michelle, what do you what? I'm
1: so Before you go on, um, you just reminded me of a quote, I was um, reading the book braiding sweet grass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. She's a Native American botanist and she is also a poet and she tells the stories of Mm -hmm. the difference between Native American gift culture and kind of a purchase market culture. And one of the lines I heard made me think about our show today and it said, their belief is all flourishing is mutual. Like the better you do, Scott, in the world, the better I do in the world, the better some of our listeners or our guests who yeah. come on do in the world, the better I do in the world. That it's not like I'm taking from you, but when we all flourish, it's mutual. And I think that's what you were going at.
0: Yeah, it, well, it, and, and it goes back to some of the early mystic training that, mm-hmm. that that i learned and that is if i better myself i better mankind
1: yeah. and if i
0: better mankind i better myself
1: right and i think that's that's huge so let's jump into the being happy for others because i think when we were talking about this we were discussing how you know sometimes when when people are doing well we notice that others reactions to it is despair like oh I'm jealous, or I'm yeah. not doing as, way, as well as they are. And I, it's that competition that you're taking from me if you're doing well. Or, um, well, in 12-step programs, we have the saying, compare and despair. Whenever you compare yourself to someone else, if you're doing slightly better, that's very fleeting, and eventually you'll be back to feeling bad. If you're doing worse, then now you feel doubly worse. So comparing yourself to others doesn't work. But, but, but comparing your own growth to your own growth can help you see even the inches of growth that you're making. So that I think is underneath this, how to be happy for others is, is first of all, it's not about comparing yourself to someone else doing poorly or doing well.
0: Yeah. I, you know, and I'll even, I'm going to add to the comparison and add the word contrast because it's when you okay. compare and contrast um that i think the challenges of being happy for other others so one of our our listeners just wrote let's see i always thought the americans are really good at being happy for the success of others oh silly listener uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we well, there we
1: there is schoiden in the, like when you get happy it's a word it's a german word that means like you get happy when someone else is doing poorly we,
0: we are a country built on the despair of others and, um, and we are, and, and, and it's, I, I, I'm sure that it's true everywhere else. But the reality is, we love to commiserate, right? If you want to see a, if you want to see a, a culture wired for unhappy, right? Um, we can do that. <laughs> we, we do we and we do it in a, in a in a bizarre way, contrary to other cultures, I think, mm-hmm. um, because it's still the, it's, you know, when it comes to all of this, we are still the wild wild west
1: yes we are right we're still a newer country compared yeah. to so many other ancient ancient countries around the world and it's a very but... concrete
0: it's a very conquest oriented uh culture uh-huh and it's survival
1: very... of the fittest if and you're not doing well it's because you didn't pull yourself up by the bootstraps and there's yeah. something wrong with you
0: and it's and it's built around contrasting comparison
1: uh-huh Keeping and up so with the joneses is another american saying
0: yeah and so it's very challenging to because i happen i think we're moving into a different mindset culturally uh worldwide by the way globally i think we're moving into a different mindset and everything that's been going on helps to contrast what it could be like otherwise yeah and you know, it's, we've got a great divide in this country right now.
1: Yeah. 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 Now. So I guess when we were talking about this problem, I think we were thinking about some clients or colleagues or friends where when someone else is doing well, they have a sense of jealousy, not inspiration. Like, you know, why them, not me, or imagine, you know, we even talked about parental and child figures, you know, the, The child is doing well and the parent says, you know, or thinks, or even says out loud to the child, like, oh, you know, you're so lucky that's, that's the life I always wanted or something like that. Um, And, and then the child can't, even the adult child can't share with the parent because if I share my joy, oh, well, you know, I'm here and I'm miserable and you're out there living the life, you know, and that so steals the joy from the person experiencing the joy.
0: I, I uh, it's, it's very interesting. I'm not going to get into all the personal details, but I've really learned some of the things that we're going to be talking about today from my wife, of oh, all things, yeah. um, who who is go
1: Carolyn, who who is one <laughs> of, one of
0: the most happy for others, people I've ever seen in my I, life.
1: I can see that about Karen. And for it's, sure.
0: thankfully it's passed on to the kids, Yay. but huh. I wasn't, I wasn't raised that way. Oh. Um, and so periodically I can with the best of them go, Oh, I could, why isn't, why am I not living that life? And, and years and years ago, uh, mm-hmm. a very dear friend of ours, actually one of my wife's school friends they everybody is still best friends imagine that um they're they're still best friends and this friend of hers was showing us their new home okay one of three
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay Shall i go on right and it's like it's like i'm
0: looking at these things going oh my god what are they doing that I'm not doing? Right. I yeah. went into that whole dark You and went twisting. into the
1: thing. I went
0: into the thing. Mm. And I, I looked at Carolyn and I said, Doesn't this make you jealous? Uh-huh. And Carolyn's response, without a hesitation, was, Why would it, Scott? That's her life. Right. That's the one she's living. This right. is our life. This is the one we're living, and oh, by the way, have you noticed you're not suffering?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and
0: and it and it was kind of from there that it's it just like snaps you out of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And since then, by the way, this same friend, they've had their lows and their highs, and they're actually That's they don't life. have those homes anymore, and they're rebuilding. And mm-hmm. uh, had had I spent all that time. Uh, angsting over it, I guess,
1: yeah. obsessing
0: over it, you forget to live your own life in the process. You
1: forget, yeah, because you're, you're trying to live up to someone else's life or, you know, and, and so I was thinking, like, if, if let's say you're having a bad day, and your child or your partner comes along with really good news, are you capable of set aside or, or maybe you live in snow, and and someone else is taking a tropical vacation? And, and you don't have those funds, or maybe things are really shut down from COVID where you are and other people have less restrictions. You know, those are all a current examples that you might run into. Can you set aside your own experience and say for that other person who is happy that hopefully you love them? can you say to them, like, I'm so glad you're living your best life, or I'm so glad that you have these options for you, or I'm happy you have this great news to share? Like, can you empathize with the positive, not just when they come to you with a problem or when they come to you with a difficulty?
0: Well, I, you know, it's a great distinction that you've made, because I think, I mean, you and I have significant others, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I were to ask you, I haven't, but I could put you on the spot right now. You can. At, I'm at, in a good space. <laughs> you know, d- do you want, is part of your makeup right now Yeah. that you want most in life for Brian to be happy?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: It's the same thing for me. I want most in life for my wife to be happy. That doesn't yeah. mean I'm making her happy.
1: Right. No, no, no.
0: I, I, I like the, to believe the, I am, but she, it's not, it's, it's not, it's, it, it does. But that, you she's know.
1: finding her happiness is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, exactly. Cause we can't do it for another person. And, and I think that is that's really important because in my friendships, even in my clients' lives, like I think I was telling you that I have some A-list and B-list Hollywoody clients that are doing right. some really great stuff right now. I even have somebody that passed a professional exam. She had been working on this license between undergrad, graduate school, all the licenses. She'd been working on it for 18 years and is now officially this career title and can use it in the state of California legally and not get fined. And to me, I, I celebrate those moments. I'm so proud of people when they've accomplished their dreams and they experience their joy, just like I can also experience their sorrow. I don't take it on. It's not mine, but I can feel their feeling, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And I think that you bring up a very clear boundary protocol in here. And that is, you you just said you can feel sorry for them Right? Yeah. you can feel sad for them without taking it on right we don't do the same thing when it comes to success i think that most people want to take it on yeah.
1: they, can't, they can't
0: experience it with the same degree of objective observer yeah and i think it comes back to and this is where i'm going to defer to you the therapist and, and that hat i'm not sure that you can be happy for others till you learn to be happy with yourself
1: yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. I don't I don't know. I, I feel like there have been times in my personal life where I've struggled with sadness and I have felt happy for other people, but it's it's very short, right? Like if you're feeling depressed or anxious and you're fighting that on a regular basis, your ability to sustain the peace and the joy for long periods of time and, and let that continue to nourish yourself is shorter. So well, I agree I, with so, you that mental health has an impact if you don't, yeah, if now, you're not for happy for yourself, mm-hmm, it's hard to be happy for, me,
0: for others. For, for me, by the way, happiness is a sliding scale. It's not like, oh, boom, yes. you're happy yeah. and you're never depressed and you're never sad. Oh my God, I can get, like I said, I can get dark <laughs> and twisty with the best of them. Uh-huh. But the baseline, the fallback still is I'm happy Yeah, and, and it, it again, you feel free to push back any of the listeners, right? The, the reality for me is I think everybody's happy. They just forget it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, you've heard Michelle and I talk about the SUD scale, subjective mm-hmm. units of distress. I like to call it subjective units of delight because you wouldn't be doing it if it didn't do something for you. At some degree, there's mm-hmm. a degree of happiness that whatever it is you're doing. Right is bringing you, it's serving you in some way. That doesn't mean that you're not open to change or transformation. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be sad or depressed or frustrated or angry. I go through all of those things
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. with the understanding that we all want to feel better. Most of the time when we want to feel better, that means we want to feel happy.
1: Mm -hmm. I would, I would agree that I think most of the time when we want to feel better, we either want to feel happy or at peace, at minimum feel peaceful and calm, right? Because that, that's a satisfaction is not necessarily like joy and elation, but but it's certainly like a lot better than depression or anxiety when you're used to living with either of those things. Yeah. Like and, peace and my, feels very appealing. <laughs> my my con,
0: my concern philosophically if, if you take a different position. Uh-huh then I think you get relegated to you can be sad and depressed and angry and whatever dark and twisty that you're feeling. If you are going through all of that, and that's your baseline. Yeah. And you're, and you're feeling happy for somebody else. Uh-huh. I think that it may, I'm not sure, I'm not a scientist, but I think uh-huh. it may tend to then put you in the woe is me role, which I think worsens the situation.
1: It might. Uh, As opposed to inspiring you, which is what I really wanted to focus on today, which is like, even when I'm in my dark and twisty place, if somebody's having, like to me, if somebody's having a really good day or they've made a great accomplishment or even a small accomplishment, they just, you know, enjoyed the sunlight and they're telling me how at peace they are and how much they're satisfied with their life and happy and, you know, not suffering. To me, it gives me hope that one day I will experience that too. Just like when the is storm it- comes, the storm comes, right? But the sun's always above the clouds. Right. So if I can just remember, the storm is the temporary piece, and someday the sun will shine on me again.
0: Let me add my little dark and twisty component. Okay. The sun doesn't care who it burns.
1: <laughs>
0: it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's still, you have to have the sun in moderation too. And so yeah. uh, th- at least from my perspective, don't think for a minute that I'm suggesting any of you ignore the, the low suboptimal feelings sure. and put on rose colored glasses because that's sure. not going to do you well either. No, um, no, no, no. You know, one, one of the things literally I'm, I'm simply suggesting is take a step back and assess all the great stuff you have in your life.
1: Oh, absolutely. Gratitude.
0: Uh, well yeah my word for the for the year um, <laughs> and, and it, it's it, take a step back, assess everything that you've had going on and more importantly, what is currently going on because yeah yeah there's there's shit in in the world right now. Yes, there, there is, is. let's is. just call it what it is. And, but, but there's there also good stuff been. too there always has been theres and there's good stuff too.
1: Yes, and, and there always has been.
0: And you know there are lots of people out there for whatever reason they've got their own different agendas, attempting to manipulate your feelings. And that's really all this is, whether it's social media or the news, or you know the the, the neighbor next door or somebody at the grocery store. Everyone is doing something to tweak and poke and prod um, because it gets them noticed.
1: Uh, and
0: you know. I go back to the little whole Zen monk thing. You just kind of walk along nice and serenely think Pema Chodron, right? Just kind of uh-huh. walking along. And it's like, whatever. Uh huh. And she has yeah. her ups and downs too, by the way. I know people oh, have heard. We all do.
1: That's the human heard, condition.
0: People have heard me talk about her before. I love <laughs> a, a story that, that she has told. Uh, and if any of you get to see, see her in person, she doesn't do that many uh, personal appearances anymore because of her age. If you ever get to see her in person, she is just a freaking kick in the pants. Mm. She's a li- little lady out of New York, right? Who's now in Nova Scotia. Um, Yay! And, and Canada. Very, very Zen like <laughs> Buddhist monk. And she tells the story of her granddaughter uh, coming over and she was babysitting and. She started screaming, the grandchild was misbehaving. And at the end of it, she had to catch herself and had to and she she admits it. She said, then I started bribing her not to tell anybody <laughs> um, that I had lost
1: my cool. Oh, she flipped her lid. Yeah. So even
0: Zen Buddhist monks like pema Chodron have their time lids. have their times literally when it's it's not so Zen-like and everything isn't rosy and she's not always happy for
1: others. I know but we come back,
0: we come back. It's that, that whole, Mm -hmm. you take a step back and you, as we've said, you unplug for 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. 90 seconds and let the system reboot, take a deep breath and come back again.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that. You said that, is that your technique that you wanted to share with us? No. So I want to hear that.
0: All right. So here's, here's the technique and I use this all the time and Michelle, you actually know it because we've talked about it out of my book, uh, The Most Magical Secret. And it is quite simply, at night, I, even though this year is my word for gratitude, I've been doing this for a long time, not even, I think, fully realizing the extent to which I was practicing gratitude. I didn't Uh call it that. It It was built around the, I want most in life for you to be happy. So, Michelle, I want most in life for you to be happy. And you you take three different people, not the same person three times, (laughs) three different people. And I'm going to use Michelle as an example here. As I'm going to sleep, it is, I want most in life for Michelle to be happy. Mm -hmm. And then I imagine the things that need to occur, the experiences that have to happen, the people that need to appear the money that needs to manifest whatever it is that I believe will make Michelle happy. And I'm essentially making wishes for her. And I'm, and, and it's not just simply, I wish for you to have $10 million. I wish for you to travel around the world. I wish for you, right. It's not stuff like that. Uh It's you actually take the time to visualize it already have happened. Mm. And then you bask in in this case, Michelle, living this dream life, mm. living this life of ultimate, you know, beauty and abundance and joy. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, you'll know when it works because you will find that you're smiling and you didn't even plan to do that.
1: <laughs>
0: I have done this, by the way, even with my dog, Presley, the most interesting oh. dog in the world. <laughs> That's to the extent you can do this. And you know, I want most in life for Presley to be happy. What does that look like? She needs dog treats. She needs to eat more often. She needs her belly rubbed. She needs the, you know, she likes to lay on my chest in the morning and lick my chin. Um, you know, I picture all these things that I envision make Presley smile. Right. And you do that with three people and it doesn't, I'm taking longer to tell you about it than it takes to, than it takes
1: to do it. Yeah.
0: And when you start doing these three things each night, each night it's a, it's a practice. Yeah. Think of it as meditative. You, you do this three, three people every night, it becomes second nature. Now I have started actually doing this by the way, on my uh, meditation walks. If I don't do it, sometimes I'll do it during the day and you can combine that with a loving kindness practice if you don't want to do the whole loving kindness, you know, you picture I'm picturing Michelle, may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be loved, may you live with ease, you can Uh even add it to that. Uh It's, it's bringing in this, these very uh, visceral, emotional experiences that you're watching. They're not your experiences. Mm
1: -hmm. What is it
0: that I imagine would make Michelle the most happy in the world? You're not Mm going to tell anybody. But you, you I mean, I've, Got my little vision of what makes Michelle really truly happy. Mm-hmm. I've got my vision of what makes my wife really truly happy. I could be wrong. Completely irrelevant, mm-hmm. by the mm-hmm. way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that's the technique. And then I've got one
1: little bonus add-on. And me too. I've I've got a, a are you ready for mine? Mine has to do with breakups, yeah, divorce, let, let, and well, separation. Let,
0: let me add the bonus add-on because All right. it ties in with this with ties in with the technique I just taught you. Okay, good after you've practiced this gratitude I want for you to you know I want nothing more in life than to be happy yeah and you've taken the people or the animals that you love when you really want to get deep into this I want you to imagine your version of God
1: oh same And,
0: and then you say picturing God Uh I want most in life for you to be happy. Oh. Oh, imagine what that looks like. Huh. What would it be? We've talked about that one before. We we haven't before. And and it's it's I wanted to give it as a little add-on here because it is a very deep soul satisfying. It's very similar to the question that Alan Watts posed. If you could be in a room with God and ask him or her one question, what would it be? And then it's going to take you, you know, a week to figure that one out Uh, because you get one question. This is everybody prays, everybody asks questions, everybody does their thing, irrespective of what your version of all that is, is, right? Even if you're agnostic or atheist, there's still something that you believe in, even if it's you, whatever that is, have you ever stepped back to say what would make that happy? Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not going to go into it any more than that, because it's a very personal, uh, reflective thing
1: okay.
0: that, that you add to the practice periodically. It's not something you do every day. So it could
1: be like, what could my higher self or my ideal self Abs- be happy or the space that creates me, the energy so, that creates you
0: know, me? Let's do the what whole, makes that happy. Let's do the Jane Robert Seth thing and the Oversoul 7 concept. And it, it's, you know, I've got this Oversoul, you know, according to these books the higher me, as you called it. And if that's what people want to work with, then cool. You sit there and say, I want most in life for my oversoul to be happy. And then what does that look like? That's the whole point is to Hmm. look like, to to take it a step further to what does that look like? Hmm. What does that feel like?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Interesting. Okay, Michelle, you're on.
1: So, this one's going to remind you of another add on that you'll probably cycle around on. And that is after a breakup or separation or divorce, we're sort of trained in US, uh, North American culture to like hate that person and, you know, want something bad to happen to them, or especially if the breakup happened in a really negative, painful way. And um, a powerful tool that I use, and and it's it's hard, man, Uh, getting my clients to try this is so hard, but I get them to start monitoring, I give you permission to go forward and find happiness and peace. And love and success as I go forward and find happiness and peace and love and success. And I think if you expand that concept onto what we're talking about, how to be happy for other people is even your enemy or somebody that's hurt you or somebody you need to do forgiveness work around or somebody you don't like. It, you know, when we wish them harm, that's not great energy or thought to put in the world. And instead, wish them to go far far away from you and be happy and peaceful now, 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 and loving now,
0: now now we're going speaking of russia invading ukraine we we now we're going to the to, to fiddler on the roof where one of the rabbinical students asked the rabbi is but but rabbi is there a blessing for the tsar and the rabbi says why yes my son there is a blessing for the tsar may the lord bless and keep the tsar far away from us. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Exactly. Right. But you want to send out what you want for yourself. And that is a huge thing for recovering from a breakup or a divorce or a separation is, you know, don't wish evil on that person. Like if they go forward and find another person, great. You know, just like you want to go forward and find love and peace and success in however way you define that. So that's part of like the challenge here is how can you be happy for people you don't like?
0: Well, and, and this, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, it, you know, this, there's deep reflective stuff here. This goes back now to the whole loving kindness
1: mm-hmm. practice
0: that I learned. Uh, and that is can you take someone who has hurt you, yes. who has wronged you? who has been evil in the world, who has maybe done nothing to you, but they hurt your family or there's a divorce going on and you draw battle lines. It's him or or her. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Can you actually look at that person and from the center of your heart do the, may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be loved, may you live with ease. Can you actually do that for them? And the trick, for me has been you say it even if you don't mean it
1: yes exactly you and say this, it and even if you don't mean it and yeah. this
0: isn't faking it no i'm not suggesting faking anything uh-huh. i'm saying just do the the, the the do the work do the spell
1: <laughs> do the spell the spell Rethink is going to work thoughts, anyway train and your thoughts yeah
0: and you know to a certain and then to another degree a little bit outside of like how how to be happy for others yeah. Uh, but ties in with you being happy for yourself realize also your boundaries yeah and, and that is you know many of us have gone all of us not many of us we've all gone through loss we've all gone through uh someone passing away we've all gone dying i used michelle's word we've Thank all you. gone through people breaking up we've all gone through people dying mm-hmm. we've all hurt through
1: pain through, loss
0: hurt um and some of this this is a big a big part of my work with people, one on one, in the right situation, is this forgiveness that you're talking about, Michelle. Essentially, because yeah. yeah. that's really what this is, mm-hmm. um, and it's not putting you and many people. I think think of forgiveness as a competition.
1: Right.
0: I'm I I'm better than you, you so yeah. I can forgive you. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This is forgiving you.
1: <laughs> yeah, forgiveness is an
0: act of self love. Yeah. And, you know, at some point, I, I have uh, worked with a, a number of different clients, family members, among others, uh, who, well, just one in particular, uh, who lost a parent at a very young age.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, one of the things that we explored, it's not therapy, but it's that whole concept of being able in your head to go back to this parent and say you died yeah but i didn't
1: yeah yeah
0: and to to give that ownership back Mm -hmm. to to take that energy and Mm -hmm. say i'm sorry that this happened the way it did i'm sorry that you felt that this Mm -hmm. had to happen for you the way it did but that's not me anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's very lifting i think for for the people when you do it the right way
1: yeah Yeah, I think after loss, that idea that, you know, your love didn't die just because the person's body died. But that also doesn't mean you have to make yourself die and wither away either. Right? Like, it's not a, it's not an all or nothing thing.
0: Well, I have Um, only ever had, I've only ever had one person, we've talked about this before, who's ever said to me, their biggest fear in life is being happy.
1: Yeah, I, I really haven't had too many people be afraid of being happy.
0: <laughs> um, and and I, you know, it's I, unique. I can it, it's unique, but understandable in the situation because mm-hmm. again, another situation where parents passed away, and the grieving process was never resolved. Mm-hmm. And so, to a certain degree, I'm gonna. This might be a great way to end this. Okay. Um, by passing this baton over to you, Michelle, in the grief context, because I've said before, I think that the moment you're born, the moment you're born, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you get spanked, pinched, whatever, right? (laughs) First thing that happens, you get spanked or pinched. It's like they make you breathe.
1: They make you breathe. Yes.
0: Right. You take a breath in, you give a breath back, but they hurt you. (laughs) There's, There's pain with birth for you, for mom, you pick it. There's something there um and so i think that there's a grief process and all of the st- the processes the phases that rotate through this and so i wonder if the ability to be happy for others is somehow tied in with the ability to just own our grief
1: mm-hmm.
0: and say i'm going through this i'm going mm-hmm. through a dark time i'm going through an anger time i'm going through you know the, the acceptance uh, part of all of the the grief Mm. and understand that we're all in a dynamic, I think, circular process.
1: Mm.
0: And to just simply say, is that what you mean? No, no, no. I'm talking about the emotions. You know, you take all the, you take all, I I think they call it phases instead of stages now, but you (laughs) know, the stages of grief, Everything from denial, acceptance. I don't know all of them by heart, but denial, acceptance, all of that. I think that that's morphed. The reality is you're going to go through all of those. And so is everybody else you're going to meet. That everybody you meet, I've said this, you know, I I learned this from somebody, everybody you meet, if you just treat them like they have a broken heart, because they do.
1: Uh, Because of all the loss we experience in life, one way or another.
0: Would that help you be happy for them?
1: Well, it would certainly help us be more compassionate, wouldn't it? Like there's, there's a healthcare provider training video that I saw where it's something like everybody has a story and this person's walking through kind of a busy hospital and there's escalators and there's elevators. And each person has like a bubble, um, just found out she's pregnant. Um, and then there's a sub bubble, but the baby, it has, um, a malformation. He just is. 10 days uh, free from cancer you know and it's got all these bubbles this person just got a grave prognosis uh, et etc and it's got all these bubbles about how we're each walking around with our own story mm-hmm. and we forget that when somebody cuts us off in line or treats us rudely at the i still remember the time with an ex shall remain nameless who had a lot of road rage Um, And I remember this car driving by us and he got all and kind of cut us off. And of course, like it was scary, but he got all frantic. And I said, but you, you don't know, like he could be rushing to the hospital or he could be going to aid somebody or like, we just don't know why that person's acting like an asshole. Right. So so maybe we can just give them a benefit of the doubt. Now, rarely does a prediction like that come with such a very immediate response. But we rounded the corner. If you're familiar with Southern California, from the 405 to the 10 um, in West LA, terrible intersection of freeways, horrible intersection. Horrible. And off to the corner is this pregnant woman with a flat tire that the stupid jerk who cut us off had pulled over, probably his wife. help change your damn tire and i was like see you know like some not sometimes people just cut you off because they're mean drivers and terrible drivers but sometimes they're not normally a mean terrible driver they could be rushing to the aid of somebody that they love and we don't give people the positive assumption unless we know them and love them and i think we could do a lot more about giving that positive assumption
0: yeah and and you can and again wonderful way to practice uh and i may get pushed back for this i don't know but (laughs) i love watching shark tank and i love watching the voice and i love watching american idol and i love hearing Uh the backstories i love the, the the part that you know yeah, they're sad stories. That's what brought. That's usually what has motivated the people to create or invent or write or perform. True. Um, and Michelle, you and I both know this, particularly working with entertainers a lot. Mm-hmm. You you want to you want to see a group of people who have dents and bruises, and life no. has worn them, kicked them in the gut, and no. they keep going. And the performance aspect of it is their way of maneuvering through the world. absolutely. And everyone has it. I love the fact that you just said that everyone has that story. Can you embrace someone else's story? Right? And be happy that they walked through that fire?
1: Right? That's a good, that's a good point And a great way to, to end.
0: Yeah, so it, it, yeah. it's, again, just every night, start practicing three people at night. Mm-hmm. I want most in life for them to be happy mean Mm -hmm. it. I want most in life for Michelle to be happy. I want most in life for Presley to be happy. I want most in life for Carolyn to be happy. Uh, And then the following night, three different people. And when you get good at it, then you start putting in the bad guys.
1: Uh huh. The people that you need to forgive and let go. I I want Mm -hmm. most in life
0: for them to do that. So yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. All right.
0: Next week. I love it. Next week. We have episode 105, believe it or not. I know. By the way, I want you to imagine, congratulations, today is two years.
1: <gasps> it is. Is this two years of us doing this? this I can't believe episode, we can do this every this week for two years. This is episode
0: 104. That's 52 weeks a That's year, 104.
1: That's 52 times two. Oh, thank you for your claps. So,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. We just got the clap. That's exciting.
1: Um, <laughs> the good clap.
0: So uh, anyway, ne- next... next.
1: your doctor if you have the bad clap.
0: Ne- next week is one of... <laughs> Next week is episode 105. And we're going to talk about imprinting and hearsay yeah. it ties in very much with what we've been chatting about today, because next week, which is going to be pre recorded, uh, we will not be live with you next week. Uh, next week, we're going to chat with you about the stuff that we bring forward from our our babyhood from when yeah. we were children, perhaps there's that epigenerational stuff going on or the cultural training that has happened. And how do you actually know any of this is true to begin with? And as a trial, mm. as a trial lawyer, I specialized in hearsay, right? Uh-huh. And uh, we'll talk a lot about what is true and what isn't.
1: Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm looking forward to it. I especially uh, am looking forward to Scott, hearing more about uh, trial stuff. Cause you know, we used to say eyewitness testimony is the most powerful testimony, right? But yeah, but horrible. it's been shown to be the least reliable testimony.
0: Yeah. It, it, so I, 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 f- First hand, I can tell you it is the least reliable there is. Um, and that you just take everything with a grain of salt. And well, we, yeah, we can chat more about it. Yeah, but it. the interesting thing is that we do the same thing to ourselves with our own self-talk.
1: Yes, we do. And with our partners, and with our conflict, right? You did this to me. Yeah. Did he really? Did she really? Did they really? Well, <laughs> so so we'll, we'll, we'll chat.
0: We'll chat about brutal honesty with yourself, among other things.
1: Uh huh. Sounds great.
0: All right, folks. Until next week. Thank you for joining us. Cheers. Be well. Until next time. Bye bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World. With Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.